0: And sort of the things I try to mentor and when I'm working with the youth that I deal with now Mm -hmm. is to get them out of walking in a room and says well I'm the only this or the only that Mm -hmm. and I said you may be the only this because you're a skin color but you're not the only that because other people may be in the same boat you in Mm -hmm. and what you should be walking in the room to say why am I here and who's here to help me get what I came for.
1: What's going on, everybody? You are now listening to Dr. Thomas Richard Easley. I'm a hip hop artist, forester, and assistant dean of community and inclusion at the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. Welcome to the Heartwood Podcast. Now, heartwood, scientifically, is the dead part of the tree. To some, it's the strongest part of the tree, and it's even resistant to decay. But for this podcast, we're reframing that word and we're going to use it like this. What impact does your heart have on the woods? And what impact does the woods have on your heart? On today's podcast, I'm speaking with Sam Cook. Sam is the Executive Director of Forest Assets in the College of Natural Resources at North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Sam Cook is a mentor of mine for a number of reasons, and he's also a friend. Sam is a forester, Sam, like myself, is from Alabama, and Sam, like myself, also got a degree from Mississippi State University. On this episode, we talk about a number of things, but in particular, we talk about Sam's upbringing, some parts of his career in the field of forestry, and lastly, we really get into race and how that's had an impact on his career. So uh, I want to, I, in all honesty, I wanted to stay in that vein and spirit and it just worked out that you're the first. Uh, and so I thank you for giving me the time
0: and also coming up to the institution of visiting with us. Such a pleasure. I didn't realize I was going to be here, uh, one, being interviewed to be in a podcast, but most importantly, it's great to be here talking about diversity and how we can make an impact to get more youth in diversity to to be part of institutions like this, uh, some of the other predominantly white institutions, but more importantly, just to get them in the natural resource field in forestry.
1: All right, okay. Mm-hmm. Sam, you were not actually aligned on that. You helped me out a lot with that when I was at NC State and gave me a lot of tips and pointers. Then we started doing work together when <laughs> yes. you came to NC State. But I remember when I was there, when I first came there and they told me, you need to meet Sam Cook. Of course, you know, the first thought that came to my mind is change going to come? Like, wait a yeah. you know. <laughs> Sam Cook without the E. I like, oh, cool, all right. And, um, and when I met you down in South Carolina, to know that we had, the Alabama connection is, it was for me, that's what really kind of hit my heart. And okay. then after that, knowing that you were, for me, I, and I said it earlier today, you are my favorite Forester. Uh, you worked for over 30 years doing this work. You don't look like it. Um, and so I want to really kind of explore with you some of your background, some of your insights on things too, and then just have a conversation with my friend.
0: We're good, looking forward to it. Well, the first one that
1: I want to ask you is, and it's a question that I get a lot, why forestry? How
0: forestry? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll get to the why. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. As a youth growing up, I was a boy scout. Mm -hmm. And from being a boy scout, I came into the extension world and Future Farmers of America. And I was able to stay outdoors, be outdoors, just in play. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize that there's this career called forestry Mm -hmm. until my sister attended Tuskegee and it was the first forestry program that USDA embedded into Tuskegee University to say we want to get more minorities, especially blacks mm-hmm. in forestry or the natural resource field. Okay. I in turn waited for about a year while she attended Tuskegee for that one year and she said this is not her cup of tea. Okay. She came home, I'm in the ninth grade and she says you know I found your love and I'm like what are you talking about? She says, well, it's this thing called forestry and you need to go to Tuskegee. I said, I'm not even interested in college. I'm just in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I said, I'd be lucky if I get out of school. Then she turned and she says, well, we'll wait for a while. So ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. I said, now I'm thinking about some schooling. So let's ride up here and take this trip. And I was just trying to get out of town mm-hmm. and we go there and Tuskegee told me all about it. And I said, this sounds fun. I said. Let me see how I can become a forester. Still not knowing what the word forestry meant. Mm -hmm. Now to back up on the how part, I'm dealing with my father who worked for a paper mill. Didn't I know that? We spent our whole career going down, picking up a load of paper, Uh eating barbecue on Labor Day, coming home. But he never talked about what he did in the mill except drove a tow motor operator. And I'm seeing all these trees, go in and out of the mill, and I never connected that the trees that go in the mill, paper was coming out of the mill. Mm-hmm. Just made an assumption that they needed the trees to burn to do something else. Yeah. So later on, I get into forestry school at Tuskegee and they sent me out west to work for the forest service and all the dots start connecting. But I said, I still don't know what a forester does because out there I thought all I was gonna do is ride a horse, mm-hmm. wear this big hat, Mm. And climb a fire tower, did it mm. done it mm. over <laughs> <laughs> Tuskegee taught me how to fight fire,- mm-hmm. taught me how to go out and deal with research plots, okay. collecting data, and that's mm. more or less what I did with the forest service, okay and as I progress and start working for n c state when I came there in nineteen eighty two to get my forestry degree okay. That's what job that I'm doing today, except in the capacity I oversee it, but I was working as caretaker Mm -hmm. then, and under a guy who was the forest manager slash faculty member, and he was like the godfather of forestry at NC State at that time, and I'll call his name Larry Jervis. I heard that name. Mentor, uh, Mm -hmm. everyone in the business world knew him. And he says, let me work with you I said, Mm -hmm. I have nothing to lose. I'll be, I'm willing to do that. Mm -hmm. So I became Mm -hmm. caretaker of the forest. I managed the land that I do manage today. Mm -hmm. Spent time taking classes from him. Um, Every time there was an opportunity, work crew, you name it, I worked directly and got the exposure. Soon as I graduated, I turned to him and I said, you know, man, I really want your job. You just said that. Just said it, 1985. Mm -hmm. NC State, hires me after 30-some years of a career in working for the Forest Service, Duke Mm -hmm. Energy, international paper, owning my own consultant business, managing land and opportunities for landowners in the low country of South Carolina, working on the board for the Forestry Foundation and Natural Resources Foundation. And so I applied and took the job. Next thing you know, the guy calls and he says, got what you wanted, didn't you cook? And I said, Mm -hmm. Larry, you remember that since 1985? And he says, yep. He says, I hope you do a better job than everyone else has done. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for you to be in the field and back at the university. Mm -hmm. And because we were going through a lot of things at that time, and I says, well, for you to say that, I'm very proud to be here. And to back up a moment, Mm -hmm. he was the one that got me my first job in an international paper company. Mm -hmm. Right out of school. Right out well, not directly. I spent to nineteen ninety three working to Duke Power. Okay, okay. And I P was looking for a forester to get into wood procurement business. Yep. And he called me out and said, I got a guy I need you to meet and that's how I interviewed and took got the job down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So it's (laughs) a long story to tell you the why part and the how part, but it's been a it was a fun trip.
1: No, but that's amazing though, because you tied this you tied it to your family. Mm Mm-hmm and I think that that's important because when you and I started doing our work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, we knew that the family had to be a part of it. Very critical. Especially when we're talking about bringing in people of color or minorities or African-American, Latinx, indigenous, or Native American, or First Nations, Mm -hmm. in particular, among other people, and so I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It started (laughs) with your sister.
0: It it was all family oriented because she just happened to be called to Tuskegee to take on it, the opportunity, uh-huh. And then Dad, him being involved, and once we all kind of, and the guy that I mentioned were from in high school, mm-hmm. he was the ag teacher. He became principal at the end, but he was sort of my go-to person that got me involved in all the outdoor activities. Wow. And once I learned from him, it showed me that there is a career in the outdoor field, and uh-huh. I says, I don't want to be an ag. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. forestry came along, and I says, I found what I would love to do. Oh, uh, mm-hmm.
1: okay. So now here's the next question then. Thank mm-hmm. you for, for that. Now I wanna talk about forestry and diversity. Mm-hmm. I just, Sam, we just gonna go and going in. Why is our discipline, I, well, I'm gonna put my assumptions out of it, but why is our discipline struggling to achieve more diversity? And I'm not just talking about uh, industrially, I'm talking about socially as well. You work at NC State, mm-hmm. I'm here at Yale, academically, uh, and even at, even economically. You know, I just I'd like to get your take on that as a person who has worked to and has been successful at changing things around diversity in forestry.
0: Yeah, well, I think overall, if I go back and look at the Forest Service model, uh, they've done a great job of in bringing more diverse people into the. I call it the natural resources slash forestry profession, and but how it started, it started with them, at an early age recruiting students in high elementary and high school okay. where they went out and they talked to them and they showed them the opportunity that if you go to school at this particular location mm-hmm. there's funds to get you in school and there's an opportunity when you get out of school because I'm offering you a job
2: mm-hmm.
0: and since I work in that environment with the Forest Service I've mm-hmm. seen the model be successful okay and it includes the parents in that whole pathway yes and now the pathway that the parents get to hear that there's more than a profession just to get in it. To say, I want you to be an engineer, Mm -hmm. a doctor or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Now they hear and see that you can be successful working in this field. Mm -hmm. But what the disconnect is that no one else tells them that there's other natural resource professions beyond the Forest Service or USDA. Okay. And so where we have struggled in the community that I think we all live in today to try to improve Mm-hmm. We don't have a model in place that says how do we attract you, keep you, and also support you, but offer you the opportunity to be successful and get in the field once it's available to you. Okay. And kind of what I see as the disconnect is not the industry, university, and even in uh, elementary and high school, they haven't all start talking together in a way that allows it to be a, a system. Okay. And so, the money is there, the time, and the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But if we continue to stay on the continuum that we own, I feel that we're going to catch up to what the Forest Service is doing. Because there's a lot of programs being put in place okay. that's connecting all those gaps that I have seen in the past throughout my career mm-hmm. that we're missing. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: But that, I, I like how you mentioned okay. elementary and high school. Uh, I, I, so. It's great what you just said. That's mm-hmm. how I got involved in yep. forestry. <laughs> is the high school route from the Forest Service, mm-hmm. you know? So I went to <laughs> Alabama A and M. Hey, we'll we'll uh, we'll give you a job if you major in this. And school was easy for me. All right, okay, I'll do it. And then that's what led to me working with the Forest Service after I graduated. Yeah. But you mentioned when you said elementary school and high school, are there places now? Elementary schools that are talking about this kind of stuff. I know high schools are.
0: High schools are doing it, but when Mm -hmm. I say elementary I I include K through six.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so okay, middle, Got I'm it. Still okay. old school. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Respect.
0: Respect. I don't know the middle school concept. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and so K through six is what I consider the elementary part of it. Okay. And so there is conversation going on in that so-called middle school environment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and where we have to learn to compete more, and I say better. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conversation around environmental science. Yes, it is. Teachers are talking about it. Students know it, yep. and we don't have to recruit in college to get an environmental science student. Nope. If we take the same approach and bring forestry and other professions around the natural resource field into that environment, mm-hmm. I think we will have the same outcome. Okay. okay. And there's places that I'm working with in Tuskegee that have uh, taken that approach in what they call agritech and, and another model around forestry tech where they're working with the youth in the early ages bringing them into Tuskegee and seeing what the natural resources fields are all about,
2: mm-hmm.
0: inviting professionals that are in the field, working in the field, okay, to talk about it with their parents in the room. Okay. And so now it's attracting them to say I want to go to NHBCU which is a historically black university mm-hmm. or I want to go to a predominantly white institution okay. and get in this field of forestry and natural resources.
1: Do you think the conversations are different talking with parents versus youth or the children um, versus like employer or something like that. Like, are you saying something different when you're talking to them? You know, like, hey mom and dad or mom or dad or, you know, and then child, you know, boy, girl, I'm um, you know, something else.
0: I think mom, dad, caretaker, whomever, they got a couple of things in mind when you talk about college. Okay. They don't want to be in debt when the child graduate and mm-hmm. they don't want the child in debt. Mm-hmm. And they want to be able to afford to pay for the child to go to school. All right. The child focus is they want a job and they want a career that makes money mm-hmm. and if they hear the stories around here's what we do and how we do it mm-hmm. and that's the message we tend to lay with the parents mm-hmm. what other field can you go to school and get a natural resource forestry degree and not be in debt and typically have a job waiting on you when you come out
2: mm-hmm.
0: that conversation attracts the parents to get the child now to start listening got gotcha. you instead of them now saying let me go help you to be a doctor or this and that mm-hmm. what's been different i think is we have to catch them early because what i'm seeing now is kids are making up their mind before they get into high school mm-hmm. In high school is seventh grade mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are truly making mm-hmm. up their mind right and it may not be clear mm-hmm. but for them they have some idea that I want to be this, Mm -hmm. and it may change along the way. But if I'm talking to them early enough, we can convince or give them another option. Okay. Okay. So the message is not different, it's just knowing your audience when you sit down and make sure you craft it to what you think that audience or the individual need to hear.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. okay.
0: But what has been the disconnect is most people that recruit, they recruit to get you into something. They don't recruit to get you to where you need to be the outcome. And I've changed my model of recruiting to say, if I'm talking to you, I want to show you what's waiting on you, not what I'm getting you to.
1: Uh, okay. Quotable. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that on Twitter. That's that's a quote right there. I like that sound. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to our, Admissions people on that one. That, that's good, brother, that's good, okay. Now, I, okay, so the other thing that fascinates me and, I, and, and, and I'm gonna be honest about this, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna talk race for, for, for a minute. Um, one of the things that I loved is when you and I first met, you you immediately knew the challenges that I would be up against. I still yes. remember that, I was like 25. Oh yeah, you know, young. So I'm 40 <laughs> now, right, young, yeah. You know, it's not so young now, but you know, appreciate you. <laughs> But you knew it, and then I remember I, w- I could call you, you know, mm-hmm. here and there, you know, before we, like, really became friends and stuff, and you give me some tips, you know, some things. I I always felt, though, like, whenever I was with you, I was like, Sam seems to be navigating this terrain pretty smoothly, and when I was with you, we don't necessarily always talk about race. Nope. You know, uh, we don't, you know, like, you and I don't talk about how's it feel to be an African American enforcer, how's it feel to be black in forestry? we just are foresters. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, do you prescribe um, with that identity, you know, like race, including also being a forester. For you, it's just like forester.
0: Well, so basically, black forester. No, I, or just forester. I guess I, I guess what really impacted me the most throughout my career, mm-hmm. being black, working in the industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When I got my degree, mm-hmm. Sam needed a job, mm-hmm. and he needed to make money.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And I worked in the Forest Service and I worked in the private industry. Right. Going to school. Okay. And I was on the same path that you and every other black person got their forestry degree mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. work for the Forest Service mm-hmm. or work in the Forestry Commission. Okay. Or continue on to get my master's or PhD. Okay. I knew I was not going to get a master's, mm-hmm. which means I'm not going for a PhD. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. already set. It's done. <laughs> okay. And I was looking at it as if I don't get out now and make money, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be stuck going back to where I grew up. I understand. Forest Service offered me a job in 1985, making $16,000 a year. I turned to the guy that made the offer and I said really don't care about your benefits. I said Hmm. I made that much in the summer working for International Paper (laughs) Company (laughs) and I can't survive on that. So I had the taste of the dollar already in my mind. Mm. And in the 80s, IP was not hiring, no foresters, So I went to work, applied Duke Power Mm -hmm. and got into their distribution side of the business and start working my forestry business in with them. Okay. So I sort of made a job within the Duke Power structure mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and nine years I worked with them. Mm-hmm. Then IP started hiring. Then I was like the first black forester hired in about 10 to 15 years. Wow. And I knew I was being hired as a black individual mm-hmm. to be in the private industry to work along to learn the business. But I didn't identify myself as the person that's black because I'm getting a job. I identified myself as I need the job and I got to prove myself. And I was able to go and do that. And I've never looked back on the fact that I was hired because, yeah, I was black and they needed to fill a quota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think helped me along the way to navigate the career. Because yeah. I've always looked at my life as I sort of earned what I got since I got in. Yes, and yes. I. Don't look at it as I'm being put over here because I am this. Mm-hmm. And I've done my job throughout my career to be successful to get me where I am today. Mm-hmm. And what really mm-hmm. helps me to be where I am is I don't look at where I worked to say I'm gonna be successful. Kay. Whether I'm working for NC State, Duke Power, International Paper, mm-hmm. I can make a career for Sam. Mm. And that's been my path and my vision my whole life is mm-hmm you don't control me because you put me in a role. Mm -hmm. I'm controlled by the fact of what I want to do within the work that you're allowing and pay me for and so that's been my success model. What I am proud of Mm -hmm. is when people they come to you and they say I know how you feel as a black man in the this or that. Oh please explain that some more. Well, Jeez. I'll give you one example. One of my okay. regional managers in the IP world back in the days of 2000, mm-hmm. he and I were very good friends. Mm-hmm. Kind of a nerdish white guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he was an analytical guy, but he was mm-hmm. put in the regional office mm-hmm. and worked his way up. Okay. So he got invited to be on an Indian reservation, and they had this big event. With 300 people. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'll never forget people. it. My phone go off at 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And I look down and I'm like, Dave, why are you calling me? 10 <laughs> o'clock at night. Yeah. But I answered and I said, Is there a problem? Thinking the meal at summit blew up. Right. He said, No, Sam, I'm over here at this party and I'm on a. It's an Indian reservation and I'm the only white person in the room.
2: Mm.
0: And I, And he says, I kind of get how you feel, I said, Dave, you're not black, <laughs> you don't live my life, Right. you don't wake up in my skin color every day, mm-hmm. just because you're in a space mm-hmm. that you're going to walk out of in probably a couple of hours, right. and never turn back to look at it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you'll forget about that. But I have to face it every single day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, but I don't address it as that I'm the black man in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I'll
0: address it as you're the minority in the room to Sam. Mm. And so when I walk in a space, I don't look at what color you are, who you are. Mm-hmm. I walk in the space to see who do I need to get to know. Mm-hmm. That's going to give me the outcome that I'm in there for. You're strategic yeah. when you when you make a move. Yeah, it's, I, I have no reason to go anywhere that I don't identify with somebody that I want something out of.
1: Ooh. <laughs> I had a little saying back in the day when all this <laughs> stuff happened on the political side. I said it doesn't matter who's in the White House, it matters who's in my house. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to be successful and for me to do what mm-hmm. it is that I need to do. So and I have I think a similar attitude. I'm I'm connecting, I mean, I know what I look like, oh, yeah. you know, and I think I look sexy anyway. <laughs> and so when I go to a place and so, what's so funny is I w- would wish I could, I want to connect with people who either feel like that and like let's make it happen. Um, I think because of my role now, oh, yeah. I go into a place that's different. But I I, look, I I align with that. I coalesce with that. Because that's how I try to go into spaces. And yeah. then when I meet people who, I guess, just stick with the surface and, and I'm like, oh, here you go.
0: And sort <laughs> of the things I try to mentor in when I'm working with the youth that I deal with now mm-hmm. is to get them out of, walking in a room and says well I'm the only this or the only that Mm -hmm. and I said you may be the only this because you're a skin color but you're not the only that because other people may be in the same boat you in Mm -hmm. and what you should be walking in the room to say why am I here Mm -hmm. and who's here to help me get what I came for.
1: Sounds like orientation. That's, that's good, we need, we need that in orientation, I'm, 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 that's no, another I'm quote. No, I'm serious No, I'm just, serious, yeah, that's good. Yeah. The, the, no, but see, to me, like, the reason that, I mean, I, I, jokingly, but I mean, but I'm serious about that is because I think that, like, what I like about what you're saying is you take responsibility for you and where you go. Thank you. And I have noticed that maybe it's this generation or in certain places, people want other people to take responsibility for their experience. As far as I'm concerned, like, don't get me wrong, I mean, we're in an institution, okay. we have leaders, we have administrators, you know, so people can impact your experience, but how are you taking care of yourself right. and doing what it is that you came here to do versus trying to lean on other people to handle things for you? That you know? and
0: not what I consider <laughs> staying positive
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not negative. mm-hmm. And focusing on where you want to get versus where you want someone to get you. You coming back up here, Sam? You hear me?
1: We we need more people to hear that because for real, like that's a mentality yeah. that I don't think a lot of people get. Like I think I have that mentality, mm-hmm. but I mean I was born in the '70s. Oh yeah. But I wonder if that I don't I don't feel like that has necessarily transcended unless unless. But I, I want to add this. But when we talk about let's say people who probably have access to resources. Uh, like a number, like a lot of resources. Oh, yeah. Maybe people I mean, on the wealthy or rich side, I can see them talking about that in some ways because it's like I've accumulated. Oh yeah. So now it's maintaining and, or maintaining and growing what you have, but when people, I guess, come poor, I guess, you know, rural or, you know, the way that we came up, I feel like what you're saying, what I'm taking from that is we should have the same attitude or a similar attitude. I think
0: we should have similar attitudes because to me it's like, you know, I always laugh at people when they say they, Jumping out of windows or going to kill themselves or commit suicide because they went broke. Mm-hmm. I grew up broke. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so I, grew up broke. I know how to start over. Mm. Yes. And I think that's what's missing in the generation, whether you're white, black, or indifferent, is mm-hmm. you got to be able to accept the fact that you're not going to be always on top. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, jump mm-hmm. back on the horse. Mm-hmm don't blame others. Just get up and go to work.
1: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Okay, well, uh, I only have a couple more questions for you. I'm, I'm really excited because you're kind of already answering things and uh, mm-hmm. really helping me, you know. Hope everybody listening, you see why I said he was my mentor and my favorite <laughs> forest. I hope you all get that right now. My next question is because uh, I know you and I also have, we have a number of commonalities, even when we mm-hmm. talk sometimes politics and spirituality, socially. I want to know, how do you think Politics, social or society, and spirituality, how, in your opinion, how do they impact how you practice, prioritize,
0: and make the discipline better around forestry,
1: if, if any of that impacts that at all. So, so I shouldn't assume that it does.
0: No, I, when I worked for IP, I did quite a bit of public affairs work, which I never thought I would do. Okay. And there, when Reagan was inaugurated, Mm -hmm. I was also in school, and um, one of the presidents came down, and I was head caterer at NC State for the president. And so, Mm -hmm. politics play into a lot of things, and especially Mm -hmm. religion. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. but I feel that one thing that I've done in my career is I've kind of kept politics out of the everyday structure of what I do business-wise. Okay, and. Really, now that I'm in the university system, since we're not allowed to lobby, I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. (laughs) But I believe in the faith of the Lord and I believe in the things that we do. Mm -hmm. But I try to bring people along that they got to find their own common space and be comfortable in that space. Okay. And then let that not dictate how you bring things up for the work that you do. Okay. Um, whether we have a good or bad president today shouldn't impact how we operate and live to make the outcome of the future. Mm. Did you always think like this? I don't know. I just grew into it sometime somehow. Okay. Yeah, but I'm okay. different from all six other kids in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was six
1: of you all. I mean, seven six, total. Seven? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's Three what?
0: boys and four girls. Who's, and who? I'm what they call the knee baby, which is next to the youngest.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, well, you've already answered the whole navigating the landscape. I will ask you this. Could you give me an example of a challenge you had then uh, in the industry? And regardless what it is, it doesn't have to be about re- just a challenge mm-hmm. and maybe like a victory, like had a challenge, maybe something that I overcame, you know, and, and why is why does that like, you know, come into you? I know I just asked the question, but why in particular, whatever you're, cho- you're going to choose?
0: Well, it leads back to a question you asked earlier, but it also yeah. demonstrates to people that think or assume or have been hired because of race this or that. Yes. In my early career with the IP world, five people told me that I would be fired because the guy was racist and he did not like black people, but he's the same guy that hired me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I could have walked out, head tucked down, and move on. Can you tell me what what year this was in your mind? 1993. 1993, okay can tell you today. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and right. have been on the job maybe two or three weeks and I knew all these people from before I even got hired with the company. Okay. But in their world I'm going to be fired because he's a racist. Okay. The guy we best friends today mm. and he's retired and probably in his seventies mm. and he's NC State fan went mm-hmm. to Georgia but along the way he gave me the ability to learn the business and told me that you know a year from now we're gonna talk because I'm gonna retire probably three to four years from now mm-hmm. and if you continue to do what you're doing I'm to request that you replace me okay. and he was the area manager at that time that controlled fiber and land in our South Carolina region and part of North Carolina mm-hmm. so I worked with him did everything and he's the one that taught me how to deal in the public affairs arena Okay. he retired along the way a new regional manager came in he had this um, kind of about a little older white guy that was working in the region office who was a friend of his and he wanted him to get a promotion He was an analyst, didn't know the business well enough, so he promoted him and gave him the area job.
2: Hmm.
0: Then I got sort of promoted up to another area office, but it was kind of a demotion from the job that was gonna be left to me. Hmm. But I took it, kind of hurt, but Mm -hmm. said, let me go and not hold my head down and do a job up there. So about six to eight months, Two mill managers, one for the largest sawmill on the East Coast and another for the largest paper mill on the East Coast, called me up and says, we want to see what it would take to get you back here. Hmm. I said, what, the man's not doing his job. Mm -hmm. We don't even know who he is and we don't care and we just need him gone and we need you back. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you have more power in getting me back than Mm -hmm. me going to my boss and telling him that I want to go back. They said, we just want to get your permission and approval Mm -hmm. to have the conversation because we don't want to attract you if you don't want to come back. I said, Mm -hmm. I go where I'm needed, and I'm acceptable. If they don't want me back, I'll go up here and do this. Mm -hmm. Two weeks from now, I get a call from him, the regional manager, and he says, we um, need to get you back to the Regalwood setting, Mm -hmm. and what would it take to get you back? I said, what are you offering mm. because the stakes are higher now than where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So everything Facts. hit the table and I said, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I went back and my career blossomed after that. Mm. I could have been let down, which I was, yes. and I could have stuck my head in the sand and quit and mm-hmm. walk away.
2: Mm-hmm
0: but I said, let me go do this job and allow him to do his job and we both can be successful mm-hmm. and I can either do good here or do good down there. Mm. It felt good to me and I felt like I really achieved success from them coming to me to say, we need you back, mm-hmm. which demonstrated to me that I did a great job for them All right, in the role that I was just working kind of not as fully responsible, mm-hmm. but they wanted me back because now they wanted my, skill set to be working with the people that had been solving the problems for them out the past. Mm. And got promoted from there and kept going up with it. So I spent a good 17 years with the International Paper. <sighs>
1: Look, okay, please pardon me if this comes off as re- redundant. My question is, do you consider
0: that a challenge, victory, or both? It was sort of a challenge, but in the end it was a victory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I proved to not only I had already proven to the guys in the managerial the managers at the mills mm-hmm. that I can do the job what mm-hmm. I have not evidently did not prove well enough was to the reading of the manager okay that I was in charge mm-hmm. of the fiber supply business unit
1: okay uh-huh
2: uh-huh
0: and which told me he didn't do his job mm. it took someone else to see who you should have put in the role from the beginning okay and to bring it to his light okay because if he didn't do what they said, he was gonna lose his job. Oh, that's okay. the power of the meal managers. That's
1: the, the power <laughs> of the meal managers. People, out there in the forestry world, did you hear what Mr. Cook just said? They, they that is buy the, power the wood the from
0: managers. you, and mm-hmm. they control the strings.
1: I'm glad to hear you say this because, to me, like meal managers, like see, that's that's my real world. Mm-hmm. Like th- those are the individuals that I'm like that. uh if I was getting ready for it in the field. Like that's why I was getting ready for. Yeah. You know, I think that now in twenty eighteen, uh, we're I, I don't I wanna say over, but I think that we really do focus a lot on now diversity, equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the one of the great things is that I think that we're developing people to be more aware, uh, you know, more astute to these to these things when they go out in the field. But sometimes I wonder if we're actually really preparing them to go into the field Mm -hmm. versus almost to be, in some ways I might want to say an antagonist in the field because you're going into a field and do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going to work? So before you kind of take your head heavy and what you think you understand, and and you said to know your audience, like as a people who are recruiting and trying to get people, they need to know your audience. Would you say people going into the workforce need to know that
0: too? Yeah, for sure, because I had to learn the hard way that just because we were IP Forest Products and we ran our own business unit, Mm -hmm. that did not mean that we had what we call the total ownership of our outcome. The manufacturing side of the business was the money makers, the controllers, and we're actually selling to them. Okay. So if you don't know your supply chain, Mm -hmm. you'll get caught up on the fact that I'm doing my job just for this side. Gotcha. Instead of saying you gotta make both sides happy. Hmm. So most of my career I've reported dotted lines to two to three to seven individuals Mm -hmm. and you gotta know how to navigate that. And for anyone getting into the career, they need to know that you may not just be answering to one person. Mm -hmm. You need to know who all is involved within your total outcome to be successful. Okay. So whether you're in the conservation, the manufacturing, or the private, or the industrial side, mm-hmm. even if you're a consultant forester, if you piss mm-hmm. your landowners off, mm-hmm. you don't have a group of people that you can serve. Okay. And that just means you got a business. Mm. <laughs> but not good business. But not man. a good business. Woo. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Well. I only got two more questions, mm-hmm. okay, and then we're done, because I know it's, 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 it's getting there. Yeah, um, dark. Yeah, it's getting dark. Yeah, it's dark out there, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, forestry, I want to talk about forestry and solutions in this next-to-last question. Though. You've already given, like, things that you've done, mm-hmm. uh, and, and maybe that's part of the answer, too, but what do you think we can do to improve diversity? And if you could in forestry in our field, and could you be specific
0: with that? I think if we put a program in place that attracts students, help them see the light of what the job market is and provide a job opportunity for them when they come out, mm-hmm. and then have an apprentice or mentorship program that demonstrate that it's more than just USDA, but it's in the, the industrial side, mm-hmm. that's one solution that I'm working toward. Okay, that's one. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. okay. The. You had another question though.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I was just like, uh, you know, just asking like, you know, like, uh, w- w- like, uh, what do you think we can do to improve, you know, diversity, and, and you've already given one strategy. Yeah, and I,
0: and I think for the people at the university, we gotta have a strategy of hiring diverse individuals to start educating students that get accepted into your university.
1: Hiring diverse individuals to educate People being accepted into the universe. Or
0: hire individuals that really truly understand what diversity means. Oh. Okay. And we deny individuals that don't get it.
1: Okay. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: Sam, you're going to destroy
1: the discipline. Oh. Uh, okay, no. You said to be blocked. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. No, 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 this, this is good. No. I, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, I've been doing this work technically 15 years, mm-hmm. and I know you've been doing it intentionally for a long time and then maybe even unintentionally for maybe even longer, you yeah. know. Um, what, who Who to you are the important people or agencies or bodies that need to be a part of this movement? Who, like who needs to be, I don't know if the word's leading, following, a part, like, in, 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 you know, in your opinion
0: right now I must say that and I've done this for a long time and I've actually been engaged with a lot of entities but this is the first time that I've I can actually see movement and people getting behind it okay I feel like us endowment for foresters and communities okay. because of the work they've been doing recently for the last five to seven years yes in this space mm-hmm. uh, USda now that they've kind of reshaped where they want to be and bringing and keeping them in the space, mm-hmm. and USDA from the NRCS side of the business and the Forest Service side, mm-hmm. because they've actually have successive models in place. Gotcha. And that would, we don't have to reinvent the wheel.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> true. <laughs> we true. just
0: need to work and expand on it.
1: Right. I'm a result of that myself. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And if we're gonna add anyone else to it, is mm-hmm. the private industry.
1: Please, private. Why?
0: Well. Th- they're the ones that have to hire, mm. and mm-hmm. that's the space that people keep saying that we don't see people of color in. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so okay, the space.
0: if you don't bring them to the table, mm-hmm. we're going to be right in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And the private industry has more control over putting more emphasis on what the university can do mm-hmm. because yeah. most times they're putting the money here or helping to put money here. Mm-hmm. And if we get all those entities working together, mm-hmm. we will improve diversity in the long run.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, uh, and we'll clean up the faculty so. product too because that won't, they won't like it. You can't teach a person how to be, you can't, I don't think you can train people how to look at diversity and inclusion.
2: Please just <laughs> keep holding. Huh?
0: It's Is either in it, you or sir? you don't have it. So I can send you to school all day long and said, "Let me teach you how to deal with diversity inclusion." Mm-hmm. I don't wake up every day to talk about. Let me help people be X, Y, Z. Yes, it's right here, In the heart. The heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And that's just like being prejudiced or not. I mm-hmm. can't make you not prejudiced.
1: hmm hmm Yep. I think you just uh. Closed us out on Hartwood today, sir. That's a great segue <laughs> to the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, b- before we leave, uh, I, I want to thank you for doing this because, you know, you've been going to talking to a lot of people since you've been up here at Yale. We are so honored to have you here. Glad to be here. Is there anything that you would feel, com- like, you know, just off of the questions that I asked that you mm-hmm. may say, Thomas, I, I didn't say this, I'd like to, or anything that, that you would tell people either doing this work like me or people interested in the disciplines. Anything else that you probably just drop on us? Well,
0: one, I want to applaud you for pulling this together, but more importantly for Yale giving you the opportunity to do this. Mm. And second, for people that are listening, take heed of this and start focusing on people that really want to make change and stop just making work. Actions speak louder than words. If we see results, you want the you want to tell me that we improving mm. because it will show.
1: Mm. Uh, everyone listening, I hope that you will take that. Uh, I know I am excited still. I'm, I am motivated, and so uh, as we close out. This first episode, I want to say thank you again, Thank Mr. Sam you. Cook. Mm-hmm. This is my guy. This is my this, this is my forester, y'all. It's uh, <laughs> my brother. This is my Alabama homeboy, a home man, I should say. Hartwood is recorded at the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies in New Haven, Connecticut, hosted by Dr. Thomas Richard Easley and produced and edited by Mr. Chris Perkins. We'll see you next week.